Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. So glad to have you with us today. I'm Pastor Mike. As, uh, I'm joined with my brother, Rick Salcedo, always here. And today we've got a special podcast, just like all of them are, because they come right out of the Word of God, right? But uh, we're glad you joined us uh, today. And uh, Rick, tell me a little bit about uh, what we're going to get into. Well, the title of today's uh, topic is, That is the Question. That is the Question. And no disrespect to Shakespeare, but to be or not to be is not the question. Okay. Fair enough. Fair so, enough. So what is the question? Well, um, you know, when we set our minds to something and we put forth, forth effort, we can achieve a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And we could set a lot of goals and aspirations in life, and that's great. Um, and then, you know, when people try to discourage us, we could say, well, why can't I? And, and the, you know, the answer is, well, you can. Right. You know, if you put forth effort and, and you're tenacious and you can, you can do just about anything. But the question is, see, that's not the question. The question is, is that what God wants you to do? Is that his purpose for your life? And that's sure. what we're going to talk about today. Well, that's what we're, we're, we're living for, right? Once we're born again, is we're not living for ourselves. We're actually living for Christ anyway. So mm-hmm. that's, that's, uh, that's a good point, man. I'm excited about it. Let's get into it then. Okay. I want to start off in Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. And it reads, Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass, as they journeyed from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Shinar. And they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had bricks for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one and they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now nothing that they purpose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down and there confuse their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth, and they ceased building the city. Therefore its name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. The Tower of Babel. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And um, a couple interesting things here. See, God wanted man to multiply and subdue the earth. But what what man chose to do was to gather in one location and build a grand city. They wanted to make a name for themselves. And that wasn't what God, that wasn't his purpose. So, right. so he intervened. Yeah, I mean, what was the whole reasoning for the Tower of Babel? I mean, what was the, what was the achievement there? Right, it's the, they wanted to build it. They were looking to try to reach the heavens with it. You know, yeah. I mean, Who's, it, it was it was trying to, to to build something bigger and better, and you know, uh, dominate. Right, but the wrong kind of thing of dominating. Right. It said um, here, whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves. Right. So personal glory is what they were out for. Mm-hmm. The admiration of of men is what they were out for. Yep. And uh, just want to point out here. Um, the power of unity, you know, we can, you know, just because a cause or a movement is successful doesn't mean it's noble. Mm-hmm. But as human beings, if we move in unity, then we can accomplish just about anything. Right. Because there's power in unity. 
There is, yeah. And, and that's what we see here. They were not operating in the will of God, but they were achieving great things because of their unity. Yeah. It's amazing to me, if you think about it, too, you're exactly right when you talked about the unity piece and putting minds together. But, you know, you got to be careful who you're surrounding yourself with here, too. You know, um, and this is a little bit uh, off in left field, but I think it does tie into this that imagine, though, the crowd, the group of people is kind of going in unison. Somebody had to start that. Somebody had to think about this. Somebody had to to bring this up. Hey, let's do this. And then one person bought on and then another and another and another. But, you know, we never read anything about anybody saying, hey, whoa, maybe this isn't what we ought to be doing here uh, either. So I say all this to be careful who you're in unity with. Um, now, because you're right, we could do anything that we set our minds to. Lord's not going to, that's free will too. God's given us that choice to make. But, you know, we need to surround ourselves with wise people, not self-centered people, making sure that their motives are pure and honorable as well. So when we do move in unison, it's not, um, it's not astray or a mess, I guess is a good, good way to put it. Hmm. Makes sense. It makes sense. And we're actually seeing that play out in today's society. Yeah, um, we we've got people that have a noble, righteous cause. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're demonstrating against police brutality and against um, abuse, and and they want justice, which we which we agree with. Everybody, uh, yeah, absolutely. everybody agrees with. But then you have people that are hijacking, right? You know, they're they're being united with people, you know, and a lot of it is unknown to them. You know, they've got uh, people with uh, ulterior motives, right? that have united with these righteous protesters and they've hijacked the cause, you know, in the name of anarchy, in the name of, of disruption and, and rioting. And, you know, I'm not really sure what their ultimate motive is. There's a lot of theories out there, right? But I do know that the people that are engaging in the destruction are not the same people who are demonstrating peacefully and have a righteous cause that they're trying to demonstrate for. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And sometimes, you know, I was talking with somebody about this yesterday and I said, you know, uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a believer that people kind of go mad in groups and then come back to their senses one at a time. We do that in a society. We all, matter of fact, we did this with, with COVID that came in, uh, lots of decisions that were made in hindsight, what they are probably would have been done differently. So instead of locking everybody down, we really would have protected those that were the most vulnerable in nursing homes, so on and so forth. And, uh, I say all that to say that, um, when we get into these kind of situations and there's knee jerk reactions, we may start out with the right intent, but really we got to surround ourselves with good godly wisdom, uh, from people who are constantly in the word and are constantly in their prayer life, being diligent in that because they're seeking the Holy Spirit's guidance of this, you know, and I think that's imperative that anything that we do before we even assign on to a group of something to do to make sure that we've got affirmation and confirmation from the Holy Ghost. Now they didn't have this then. You know, the Holy Spirit is, lives within us. We didn't have this then. But, you know, I just wonder how different of a story this would have been if there was a group of people in there that said, no, we're seeking the Lord first, and then they stood up against these things like this, not in a uh, hijacking, destructive manner, but what if they stood up for it and said no? Well, we know. Yeah, just had an honest dialogue That's about right. it. That's right. That's right. I'm just mm-hmm. curious to know. That will be a good question when we get into heaven if if maybe even that transpired. But mm-hmm. The other thing I want to point out real quick before you go on with this, and this is off topic a little bit, but, folks, I want you to get this too. I love how in the Bible it says this over and over and over again, and uh, I want to lay a little bit with this. It is, do you see where it said let us? When God said, uh, 
let me get back down here in verse seven. Come, let us go down there. Who do you think us is implying? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, right? Right. If you're ever thinking of anybody that's a, well, I don't know what you call that, Unitarian or whatever, you know, the one, one God theory that manifested in three different, this is, this is, all through Genesis we see this over and over again. Let us. There is a trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Anyway, just a side note, but I wanted to point that out because I think it's a, another proving point if somebody brings that up to you asking you. All right, back on topic, Rick. Okay, so, um, if you set your mind to it, you can do just about anything. If you put forth the effort, you're tenacious and you don't quit. Um, so that saying, if you set your mind to it, you can do anything, has a lot of merit to it. Yeah. Okay, but however, that's not the true question. You know, why can't I is not the true question. This is what I want to do, so why can't I? The true question is, what does God want you to do? Mm-hmm. You know, what are your motives? Are you doing this? You know, is it like the people on the plains of Shinar? They wanted personal glory they wanted to make a name for themselves they wanted to reach the heavens um you know is is there personal selfish self-centered motives involved in what what you aspire to do or have you surrendered everything to god and said okay lord what's your plan for my life what do you want you're the master i'm the servant you're the father i'm the child what do you want me to do what are your instructions and you know you know the hardest person to be honest with sometimes is yourself Mm-hmm. When you're doing this, you're talking about these motives and what's behind this. You know, this is a time for real honest reflection time. Why are you doing this, right? Because we will say, oh, we're doing this for the glory of God. But is there really a piece of you that says, you know, man, even though I'm doing this for God, this is going to be really nice for me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it, it it really is imperative that we're honest with ourselves and we die to self in that and say, all right, Lord, here's what I want to do. And you know how you can tell? Is if it doesn't work out, if it breaks you. Because if you do something and it breaks you, then it wasn't for you. It, or it wasn't for God. It was for you. Mm-hmm. If you do something and it doesn't work out, I carry nothing. Oh, great, wonderful. All right, Lord, what else do you want? Where, where else can I go? What else should I be doing? Obviously, that wasn't the right thing. And I don't get discouraged when a door shuts or when something falls apart like that because it's not of me anyway. I just mm-hmm. say, great, Lord. So that didn't work out. There must be something else that I could do for you that's going to be greater for you. Mm-hmm. What, what is it now? You know. Yeah, and on the flip side of that, I believe that if you if you haven't willfully submitted to God and you're off doing your own thing, you could very well be successful. Right. Oh, you yeah, know? absolutely. Um, but it still wasn't what God wanted you to do. Yeah. You know, so when you when you end up uh, standing before God on Judgment Day, you know, you, you have all these wonderful accomplishments. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they're thrown into the fire and they end up burning up as hay and stubble. Because it wasn't what God wanted you to do. It wasn't for his glory. It was for your own glory. A little spoiler alert. I didn't get to preach last Sunday, but one of the things I was going to preach on with that was actually God's favor. And it's a little bit off topic, but it is on uh, on point with what we're discussing right now, is that the, in the Bible, God's favor it, um, comes as a action and a reaction. So the Bible says over and over and over again, if you do this, you'll do this. Now, this is a favor. This is not God's promises, but this is a favor of God falling on you. So that says, if you reap, uh, if you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. If you sow, you know, bountifully, you reap bountifully. If you forgive, you shall be forgiven. I mean, it's countless times over and over and over. If you bring all the tithe to the storehouse, I'll open up the windows of heaven. God, throughout the Bible, if there's a, you do this and this will happen, the rain falls on the just and the unjust, right? 
So right. people who have, don't, are not even hooked up with this, that tithe, still get a blessing out of that favor of God. It, they will give, our pastor says this all the time. He did it, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, going back to this, that, that's, you're, you're, you're right on point with that is that, uh, you know, your, your, your favor, I guess, doesn't always depend on just that. It's just, it'll burn up when mm-hmm. you get into heaven because it won't really matter at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But yeah, don't be surprised when you look around and you say, Oh man, I know them. I know what they're living. Why is he so, you know, prosperous and I'm not? Yeah. And, and even the Bible says, you know, when you look at the wicked and, and wonder, you know, they always get away with it. That's right. You know, they're, they're always prosperous and, you know, we can, uh, some politicians come to mind, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, when I think that, but the Bible says, you know, don't fret God's judgment will come in due time. That's right. And he he so. says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. You let me deal with that. Right. In the mm-hmm. meantime, you don't worry about it either. You keep seeking first the kingdom of God. Right. And uh, backtracking a little bit to uh, something you said about, you know, doing things for God with a little bit of self-centered motivation. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what translation in the Bible it was, but it was where, you know, people were proclaiming, but Lord, you know, we, we said, Lord, Lord, and, you know, we did things in your name. And he says, department from me, I do not know you. That's right. Well, this particular translation said, you used me to make a name for yourself. And I thought that was really interesting. I'll have to read in that. Maybe that's an amplified. I'll have to look that up. Yeah, that that or the message. Yeah, maybe a message. Yeah, that's pretty. uh, But, you know, that (laughs) caught my eye, and I was like, you know, I never looked at it that way. Right. Yeah, you're exactly right. And and that happens all too often, unfortunately. Not just in religion, but in almost everything. Mm -hmm. Personal motives, personal gain. Yeah. I think it's just, uh, you know, it's just part of sin nature is our desire for to, to gather things to ourselves, to be admired, to be make ourselves great in the eyes of others. Yeah. Well, we're really getting off topic here, but I'm, I don't care. So I like where this is going. <laughs> uh, you know, one of the things I believe that everybody has an inherent desire to be great. And I don't mean like to be great as in, you know, famous or anything, but to be great at whatever they're doing. No one wants to set out with failure in mind. Nobody ever says, Hey, I want to do this so that I could just fall flat on my face. You know, they do this because you really want to succeed in it. And so in life, when it's filled with such rejection, and we've talked about this in the past, it's just the world that we live in. That's why we put our identity in Christ and not in ourselves. But all this rejection and, and heartache and, and it's hurt and so and so forth that comes, it kind of beats you up. And so you are constantly swimming against the current, trying to get up. So when you get an opportunity, that human nature comes in. You say, oh, man, boy, this could really set me above this. And uh, w- until you really learn who you are in Christ and that none of those things really matter, you will fight that battle till the day that you're buried six feet under the ground. Truth.